I've just I've had such a good good time. Couldn't wait to get back to you. Pastor Kim and I had some needed time away and uh, coming back now, just all fired up and ready to go. And I, I want to let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I met some people over. Uh, I went to Pastor Gary's provision conference and I met some people we had met last year that were from Texas. Uh, and uh, so they're they're going to try to be watching us uh, from time to time as well. And they're they're good friends. And I mean, you know, I've met them twice. But I felt like I've known them for a long time, and they're just uh, very very kind people. But you know, they're spreading the word about the gospel and the kingdom, and they're going to tell people about our church that could watch our church as well as um, Pastor Gary's as well. I mean, same message, just different speakers, but all good. God is so good, isn't He good? Come on, he's so good. We just love the Lord. We've been talking about faith walk. We've been talking about, you know, how I have viewed this, uh, this kingdom process. And so the Lord brought on me, said, you need to share your viewpoint uh, of how that is. And so, you know, and I went and I, I, I just said, God, okay, let me do this. And so we've really been trying to, to show the way that I saw this and the way that it came across to me. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, and sometimes it takes me a while. Anybody like that? Go through stuff, and you're just like, you know, how many times am I going to go run? Like Fred Flintstone running around the mountain 17 times, and Dino's chasing him. Well, sooner or later, get off the mountain or change the viewpoint. Do something different. So sometimes, you know, there's a secret. I'm just going to tell you this. There's a secret in repetition. Listening and hearing and being around something over and over and over. You might say, yeah, but pastor, that gets old. It gets in you. It gets in you. And sometimes the things that get in you, all of a sudden they... Have you ever looked at a scripture that you've read a bazillion times and all of a sudden it goes and jumps off the page at you and you're like, why didn't I see that before? Because it gets in you and God wants to reveal something or show you another key or secret. So we've been talking about this faith walk. I want to review for just a second. So just let me, let me do that. There's a reason this is up here. I want to help it with an illustration, but I'll use that in just a few moments. Last, uh, the time, this is right before Easter. I was so in the zone on just before Easter. I was like, oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm back in the zone, and I'm ready, I'm ready to go, but we need to kind of just connect the dots this morning. We talked about the power of agreement. Do you remember that? Talking about me and Kim being in agreement for the things that we were believing God for. We talked about the power of a seed. You remember that? We talked about just the, the laws that are in place, sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. You can't change laws. I'm not saying you have to like them, but you can't change it. I might not like gravity, but if I did a belly flop off here, my belly's going to flop. I can't change gravity. That's just what It's a law. The only way I, I can supersede it by the law of lift that's how planes fly. But there are laws, and if we can discover the laws, and there are ways that the laws work, you need to hear what I'm saying. If you can figure out how this law works, you can get the results that God wants you to have. Now, I'm going to explain this because sometimes we automatically goes, oh, so this is a formula. It's not a, it's, I'm not talking about a formula. I'm talking about your faith, and I'll explain. We talked about the power of agreement, the power of a seed. We reviewed Philippians 4.19. The same God who takes care of me will supply all, everybody say all, all, your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. <laughs> We've all heard that verse. 
Most of us can quote it. But we take it for face value. Yeah, 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 that's just like Christianology. Christianese, whatever you want to say. That's just what we say. My God shall supply all my needs. We kind of just take it as it's written in the book, and yeah, 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 I get it. But we just take it as a general meaning. Do you know that God doesn't do anything by accident? He puts everything there. There's a purpose for it. Paul wrote to encourage believers that gave. They gave money and other gifts. They gave money and other gifts. And Paul could say God would supply all. This is where the scripture came from. All their needs according to his riches and glory. Remember this, that harvesting is a God and man project. You work together. God does his part, man does his part. It is a God and man project. We talked about stories a few weeks ago that we found in the Bible that we're talking about this principle that we're sharing. And I'm going to share something. I shared it a couple weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I think. But if you get a hold of it, it'll change your life. For real. It'll change your life. You get a hold of some of God, his principle, and you put it to practice, it will change your life. You ever have something change your life? You hang around people that hang around God will change your life. You meet the right person that God has for you, it will change your life. He told them, if you remember in the feeding of the 5,000, he told them to bring the food to him first. And he took the food and he blessed it. We talked about this a few weeks ago. What does that mean? It means he sanctified it. If we did a study on that, it means it was separated. It it was in the kingdom of darkness. It was in the earth curse system. And, And when we brought it to the Lord, or when they brought those fish and loaves to the Lord, he then took that and blessed it, took it from one kingdom, and it changed jurisdiction. It changed authority. It changed the channel that could be operated in. And they brought it into the kingdom. We get that one while we pray, hey, let's pray before you. Do you know you can be in a restaurant, and if you want to pray before your meal and you pray out loud, everybody around you will just start bowing their head usually. For real, try it. Well, maybe you don't, but I like to do things like that. I've often thought I'd just go out to the highway with a, with a blow dryer and just start pointing it at cars, and they'd probably break. <gasps> Put a bike helmet on. <laughs> There's a cop over there. <laughs> I'm ornery. But anyway, if you just start saying a prayer, Father, in Jesus' name, you watch people a couple tables over. Oh, wait, he's praying. Wait till your waitress comes by and then pray. She'll stop. But that's why we pray. So nothing in the food will harm us. That's why in the Old Testament it talks about taking sickness from our midst. That's where we get that from. I've had kids ask me, if you prayed once, do you have to pray again if it's leftovers? (laughs) I don't know. If it was my mother, you better pray. (laughs) I'm going to have to pray there. (laughs) Because it depends on how long they've been left over. If you're watching, Mom, I love you. But once the loaves and the fish were in in the kingdom of God, now God could multiply them. Let me explain this. What you have is yours. You have authority over it. 
And it will stay in your jurisdiction unless you give it to God and give him a channel to work through. You see how quiet it is or you hear how quiet it is? Because this is how this this law works. It has to change kingdoms. You can keep your money. You can keep your stuff. But it can't multiply in your hands. It can't multiply in your authority. Not supernaturally. What you have is yours legally. You see, this is a legal point. It's an authority issue. Once we give it to God and only then, then can he get involved with your seed and multiply it back to you. It gives him access to move in on your behalf. A legal channel, if you will. We talked about stories that we saw in in the Bible, in the in chapter of Kings, that talked about the lady said, what do you have in your house? She said, I just got some oil. And he said, this is what you do. And Go get as many jars as you can. Go in the house, close the door, because they were coming for her sons, if you remember. Fill the jars. And she said, and we'll get to this too, she said, give me another jar. And the son said, there, there are no more jars. And when she said that, the oil stopped. And then the, the prophet told her this. He said, now go sell the oil, pay your debt, you can live on the rest. We talked about the meal and the oil. All I have is this enough to make a cake. Remember the mom that said that? I'm going to make it for my kid, and we're going to eat it and die. That's a great outlook, isn't it? And he said, make me a cake first. And you're going to have enough of that to last. And that's what happened. The feeding of the 5,000 we just talked about. Bring it to him. He spoke over it, blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. And it multiplied. You've heard this from me. I found this principle to be true. The Lord told me, take off a watch. Give it to this man. I gave the watch to the man. And in two weeks, people were giving me watches that were never in the service. I got five watches in two weeks. I almost felt like, I know how to tell time. We gave a computer away. And we have people giving us computers. Hey, we got an extra computer. Do you need a computer? We need a computer. I gave a car. Here's another car. I gave that away. Here's another car. So when something was given, this is what we talked about. Again, just review. Something was reproduced. Are you with me? Oil, oil. Meal and oil, meal and oil. Fish and bread, fish and bread. They didn't get steak and eggs out of that because fish and bread was what was given. So when something was given, that's what was reproduced. When I gave the watch, I got a watch. When I gave the computer, I got a computer. When I gave a car, I got a car. When I gave money, because Paul, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, talks about all things, that money could be used to designate or to name something if I needed it, and I didn't have that particular what I needed. So if I needed deer meat, for instance, because I was a hunter, that all things was included in all things. And Paul said, because you gave money and other things, God would provide all of your needs. So when I plant my seed, and it doesn't have to be money, so please listen to me. If you give me hate mail about money, 
I don't care. I will smile at you. When I plant my seed, I'm doing just what a farmer does. I am looking to that law that's already in effect, the law of sowing and reaping. And I'm expecting a harvest on my giving, just like Paul's talking about. Are we ready to move forward? So we've got reviewed. Okay. So let's move forward. And this is the only point I have today. The point of contact. I heard this term when you, you, know, you grow up in church or whatever and you've heard what you need is a point of contact or whatever. But what is that? So I want to explain this and then we'll put all of this together. The point of contact is where and when you release your faith. Where and when you release your faith. If you remember the woman with the issue of blood, she defined her point of contact when she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. That moment, she had defined as her point of contact. The time and place her faith was released. Just believing isn't enough. Her faith had to be released. You have to be able to release your faith. Faith always has a specific time of release and a time of reception. Faith always has a time of release and a time of reception. And this is where a lot of us have missed it. I know I've missed it before. I don't know how to release my faith back in the day. Or I, I, I just don't get it. I, Pastor, you might as well. I don't understand what you're talking about. You sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. If we don't know how to release it, we don't know how to hold on to that moment. We have to know when that moment of release and reception so we can stand strong when the enemy attacks coming for the word. You have to know when you release your faith because when the enemy comes for the word, you have to know how to defend that spot. Somebody say amen to that. Now, your faith... That's what he's coming for, your faith in the word of God. Your faith in the word of God. Remember the parable of the sower. The enemy comes for the word that was sown. And it talks about all of the word is sown in this. Some is sown on stony ground, some is sown on this, and some is sown this. He's coming for the word. He will come for the word you're receiving today. Because he doesn't want you to believe what God says. Because why? This is your belief. I'm going to say it again. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Could you imagine Jesus saying, Peter, who do you say I am? And Jesus asks him questions. He'd be like, Lord. And he tells him, remember when he tells him, feed my sheep? He says three times. Some people say it's because Peter denied him three times. I really don't know all of those answers, and I get it, but it is what do you believe? Who do you say? I'm going to do a message. I just got asked to speak at youth camp this year, and I'm so stoked about that. I think I'm going to speak on who do you say that I am? I don't care what you're, I mean, I, I do care. I don't care, but if what well, my father says, I understand, or my uncle says, or my cousin, or my brother, who do you say? What do you believe? 
You see, this is where this hinge is. Your faith, he's coming for that. Because this is why. The enemy knows if you hold on to the word that you're getting from God, he might be using me, but I'm not God. I'm just telling you about his word. Because if you hold on to the word, it produces every time. Say every time. If you, if you hold on to the word, it produces every time. There is nothing the enemy can do to stop the word of God. He can't do it. But I'll tell you what, it, there's one of the best things to help defend your stand on faith is knowing, listen to what I'm saying, when you received. But Brett, I haven't seen it. I don't have to see it. Because I've already received it. It doesn't take any faith to see it. This, I'll believe it when I see it mentality is... That's not what I'm talking about. Believing is seeing. You see, the enemy is a liar. He's a liar. He is the father of lies. He will come at you with untruth, twisting. When he says you haven't received it yet. Why do you think Jesus said stuff like this? When the enemy came, if the enemy's going to come at Jesus, is he not going to come at you? Jesus said stuff like this, it is written. It is written. Basically, he's saying, dude, this is fact. He's given given them, well, he's not doing Diana Ross, but you can be like, talk to the hand. (laughs) It is written. You can point to the day, the hour, and the place that issue was taken care of. So when I pray the prayer of faith, many times, I have it on my phone, and on my phone on me right now, I'll have logged on my phone, this is when I sowed my seed, this is when I prayed the prayer of faith, this is when I believed I received when I prayed, this is when I sent it out, this is when I received it. Because the enemy will come and tell me, Brett, it's not happening. I'll say, shut up, because on this day, right here, I have it in Jesus' name. I note that so that I have something I can pull up when sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need you, God. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. Say anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. And you've heard me teach it. We believe we, we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. I write down those things when I... Sow my seed for a deer. I write down, that this is what I'm believing for. This is how many points I'm believing the buck to have. Or this is what I want. Or I really, if I didn't care, I wouldn't care. I remember I prayed one time. I wrote down, I want a four-point or an eight-point. A pretty good-sized deer. That's what I put on the check memo. I went out. This is true. As true as I'm standing here. I went out, got in my spot. The only two deer that came running out, true story, four point and eight point, and they're running parallel, and they run right up to me and stop. I looked at both of them, and I thought, well, I already got an eight point, and the four point's bigger than the eight point. Kapow! Some of you are like, oh, he shot one. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) But there was meat in my freezer. (laughs) 
But knowing the exact time that I released my faith and I received my answer is crucial because there's no argument. There's no gray area for the enemy. It helps keep me strong. It helps keep my faith intact. It helps me to stay not, I don't want to be double-minded. You know, James says if I'm double-minded, I don't get anything. Sometimes I thought I was in faith, and I wasn't. Because in the back of my mind, we'll get to that. Oh, we're having fun. Sowing my seed helps me keep my faith focused on my hope. You know, hope is the moment of faith's release. When I'm believing for something, I, I, I put hope involved. Even a farmer sees the harvest when he sows. He hopes for the future. He sees the field, corn, you know, knee high by the 4th of July. Or whatever, that corn growing or whatever. We loved it when we lived at the one house on Urban Shoots. Had corn one year, the next year was beans. The next year was corn. I loved it when it was corn. Because corn, it was just like, it was like the wall at Wizard of Oz. I was just looking for the scarecrow. <laughs> Which way are you going? <laughs> it was really cool. But I liked it. It was just neat. But see, a farmer sees that. He knows, he sows, and he trusts the law that's in place. Even if he doesn't know Jesus, he knows that law works. It would be stupid if he goes, I don't even know if I sowed. Did I sow? I'm not sure when I did or if I did. Did I buy seed? But he hopes for what he knows he's put in the ground. He trusts those natural laws. And he gets peace because he knows when he sowed. So he anticipates and expects that law to do what it's supposed to do. I know gravity will work if I jump off here. I don't want to do that, but I know it'll work. I just know. How do you know? Let me just say, when God's involved, he has laws that are in place, and just know they work. <clears throat> but know this. It's not if the enemy will come and try to steal the word. It's when. He's going to come and try to get you into doubt. To believe that you have received because it hasn't shown up yet. And when he does that, because you can look back, if you write it on a piece of paper, get a little one of those little tiny notebooks, keep it in your purse, put it in your back pocket, put it in your glove box, whatever you're doing in the morning, write it down. Hey, on this day, I believed I, I received when I prayed right here. You can say, look, it's written, pal. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you about this. Moving on. The principle works every time because it's a godly principle. It is a principle of God. And I can claim that promise because it's God's principle. Let me explain. I've got a lamp on the table. I want to talk about electricity. I know, shocking. But you'll get a charge out of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> faith, it, faith is a source of power, okay? It is the power of God. And we know faith comes. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. But, and everybody has a measure of faith because God gave you a measure. And just because faith exists, you may not be using it or doing anything with what you have. It may not be producing anything because it's just laying dormant. But faith is a force of power. It is the power of God. That's what faith is. It's like electricity. If I was, you know, electricity has to have a contact or a circuit for it to flow. There's, there's laws that make electricity work. I don't know all of that. Uh, Rick might be able better to tell me because he knows how to plug things in and wire things up. Tom could probably do that, maybe even Jack. If I saw directions, I can do that. 
I mean, and I've done it before, but I have to look at directions because that would not be good for me. Some of these guys don't have to. But there's a, there is a, a proper way to get electricity to flow is what I'm trying to tell you. Faith is the receiver of everything that God has for us. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith is the receiver. You've heard me say this. Everything in the kingdom happens by faith. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and do not doubt. Faith is the receiver of how we walk in the kingdom of God, how things happen for us. Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now you remember back to the woman with the issue of blood. She defined her faith when she said, if I can just, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. She's defining that. Now here's the facts. There's a lot of people touching him. He was being pressed. The best way I could describe it is if you've ever seen any footage of the Beatles, Elvis, Michael Jackson, he. <laughs> people are pressing. So people are, Jesus is coming by and people are reaching, just, I, I just want to touch him. And then he asked this, who touched me? And the disciples <laughs> said this, uh, come again. And he says, who touched me? And everybody's touching you. I mean, they're touching him. They're, they're doing the bodyguard thing. And, you know, you can imagine being pushed, you know, and just trying to get somewhere. But he's being touched. But this is what he's saying. Out of all the people that are touching him, one drew on his anointing. Her faith completed the circuit that allowed the power of God to flow to her, meeting her need. This is what happened. She declared, when I touch his garment, I'll be healed. The circuit was complete. So it happened. I got to turn it off for the next one. But here's, this, here's the facts. Not everybody touching him is getting healed. Only the woman is recorded. Now, because she got healed, there's going to be people that do this. And we've seen it in today's times. You know what? That's how you get healed. Garment touching. We're going to have a garment touching ceremony. And anybody that brings a garment, we're going to touch it. They're going to be healed. That's what we're doing. Garment touching healing. And we'll market that. And if things have been just misused and abused. But see, she had declared... God says he, it pleases him for us to have faith and to believe that he exists. She had already put that, I know who he is. If I can touch him, I know what he has. I will be healed. Only one touch received that healing. The other's faith wasn't defined. So the circuit couldn't be complete. But she had figured out, she had connected the dots. Matthew tells us another story of a centurion who was, he had a dying servant. And he came to Jesus and he said, my servant's dying. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal your servant. In other words, we could probably say Jesus is basically saying, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to touch him. But the man said, you don't have to come. You just say the word and it will be done. 
And again, he's defining his faith. Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed at that hour. The new King James says, go your way as you have believed, let it be done for you. His release was when he said, just say the word and he'll be healed. So when Jesus said, as you believed or just as you said or however you want to put that, the circuit was complete. The light came on. The servant was healed. I'll just leave it on now. So the centurion could go home knowing this is what Jesus said. I receive it. It's done. Knowing that his servant was healed, and he was healed from that very moment. All of us, if we're believers, we believe like, oh, I know God can do anything. I just don't think he'll do it for me. And we've already talked about God doesn't arbitrarily choose. I'm going to do this for you and this for you. It's a covenant relationship. It's not about religion. And it is his will that you be well. But without knowing that it is his will, listen to what I'm saying. We can't confidently declare that we've received something when we're not sure if he'd even do it. Does that make sense? If we don't believe that God will really do this, you can say, you can talk a good fight, but it ain't there. That's like a bully. He talks real well, but if you challenge him, sometimes he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm out. Without knowing the will of God, we can't confidently declare we've received something. You see, again, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So many of us as believers, we live in the five sense realm. Seeing, hearing, touching, all of those. And we don't step into the provision of the kingdom of God. The enemy lives in that realm, the five sense realm. And that's how he gets us to doubt. Because if we're unsure, we don't have a firm foundation to stand on. So we don't ask because we're not sure. James 4.2, if you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And we don't ask in faith because we don't know God's will in any given situation because we're afraid to ask. If we would believe that God wants to bless us. Now, and again, this has been taught wrong. I'm not talking about, God, I need gold plumbing in my house, and I need seven Maseratis. I need, that's, I'm not talking about that kind. That's, that stuff's garbage. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, come on. God wants his kids to be able to shine so well that people are going, what in the world is going on? I have people come up to me, oh, my goodness, gas is this amount. I can't do anything about gas prices. But you know what? I have a God that supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. I, I, I don't, whatever it gets to, if I need gas, I shall have it. But if I believed that he would meet my need, wouldn't I ask him? Let me just say, if I went to Uncle Tom, I love my Uncle Tom. He's the best man in my wedding. He's awesome. I went to Uncle Tom and I said, Uncle Tom, I need you to write me a check for a million dollars. <laughs> Somebody wake Uncle Tom up. He's all on the floor. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> the reason, you know, you'd say, well, man, we ask him for that. 
Why would I ask him if I didn't think he had it? Let, let me make it easier. If I said, Tom, I need $100. I think you're a million-dollar guy, though, just so you know. You know, but my faith would be, I know Tom could do that. Why would we, you know, we don't ask God because we're like, God, I just don't know that it's your, your will. See, we put our faith sometimes. The prayer of faith is a defining moment to release your faith. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. If I can touch his garment, however that is, this is it releases. Do this, this will happen. Do this, this will happen. We put their faith in something other than what the word of God says. And that's been, and I've done it, so I'm not stepping on toes, but that's been the issue. Let me give you an example. You've heard me use this example before. People will have hands laid on them for their bodies to be healed, and if it doesn't happen, or they don't get better, or even something worse, they're upset. Because their faith, listen to what I'm trying to tell you, their faith is placed in the action of laying hands on someone instead of what the word says about laying hands on someone. Now, they both sound right, but there's a difference, and I'm going to explain it real quick, and we don't have a whole lot more. The word states to do this particular action, so my faith must be in the word, not in the action itself. Are you with me? So, Releasing not on the action laying of the hands, but because the word says when hands are laid, there's a difference. And we need to understand that principle. All faith comes from the word of God. But if I put my faith in action, then it becomes in my mind a formula. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I have to do this. Instead of the word, instead of what the word declares. So it becomes a religious act. And they think, well, because I gave or because I did this, their faith is in the action of doing instead of the word. And God will meet their, God's gonna meet my needs because I did this. Now, stay with me, because there's, there's, a, there's a defining line. And I've been here. And it didn't work for me this way, and God showed me the difference, and it works for me now. So I'm telling you the difference in fruit, okay? Because I gave, this is it, because my faith was put in the action of doing instead of what the word of God will meet my needs because I gave. And if I put it in just what I did, that's self-righteous. You get it? It's self-righteous. Self-righteousness is simply believing I have a better standing with God or right standing because of what I did. Did you know that Jesus covered all of that on the cross? There's nothing, whether I do or not do, will make him love me more. Self-righteousness is God, I want God to do this because of my actions or works. That is another religion and that's not how this works faith is based on our relationship with jesus and his finished work on the cross think of it this way god's word says given it'll be given to me good measure pressed down shaken together running over will men give into my bosom i have given so based on his word i received when i gave both look similar but they're different 
One is based on the word of God. The other is based on just a religious exercise. If I do this, I do these many reps, this is what happens. This is what, you know, but this is based on the word of God. That is the reason I'm doing this act. Faith without works is dead. I understand that. So they both are based on the principle, but there's a difference. Tithing is a law, but it's also a heart issue. People will give out of duty or debt owed, and that's the wrong mindset. Their hope is released in their actions themselves instead of, well, because I gave. Well, I understand that you gave, and there's, there is some fruit in action, but you'll never get the full compilation of all this till you understand. The only, here's why I'm giving, because the word says to. Because the word says to and says I'll be blessed if I do. That's why I'm giving. See, tithing is not put in operation because God needed money. His streets are made of gold. Tithing was put. He's not trying to take things away from you. He's trying to get things to you. Tithing was put on earth to give him, listen to what I'm trying to tell you, a legal channel for him to work through for you. Remember, you have authority over everything that's yours. And until you change kingdoms with that, so that's why tithing is given so that you can say, I'm, I'm getting into the kingdom of God. It gives him a legal channel to be able to bless who would believe and follow it. Can you see it? I'm going to say it one more time. Can you see it? How many believe? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just raise your hand if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Faith always has a moment of release. It always declares God's will. It defines what I'm believing for. It's confident I have received the moment that I release it. If your heart is full of faith, it's guarded by peace because it knows it's already received what I have asked, what I have sown, and what I believe for. And my actions correlate with my belief. It's not my belief correlate with my actions. It seems so simple, but yet sometimes I'm like, oh, i got to get this. Well, this, this will be available. I think Ron gets this thing up right away. So the last three weeks ago and today, listen to him over and over and over and over. Not because you want to hear my voice. Um, but just that repetition and saying, all right, I, I get that. Now, you know, we're going to discuss this and keep going, not today, but we're going to continue and go through all of this, and I'm going to do my best to explain it word for word of how this works and how things... I've even found out the more specific your need is, the more specific the timing is. Does that make sense? In other words, if I was believing God, and I'm just putting it in deer hunting, if I was believing God for a 20-point buck, that's a big buck. I got a 12-point on my wall right now, but if I said, I'm believing for a 20-point or one bigger than my 12-point, if there's not a 12-point in my area, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. All of this is guided by God that I'll, I'll know, like, it's time for me to go in the woods. I don't know why. I just feel like I'm supposed to go out today because maybe that thing's three miles away, but he's working his way to my woods. Does that make sense? Do you understand as you follow God and as you are in relationship with him, think about Abraham and Isaac as he's doing what he's supposed to do. There's a ram making its way to a thicket. But Abraham can't see it. But his faith is already. Me and the lad, listen, will return to you. He's already defined his faith. 
Just do your part. Let God do his. It is so exciting to be in relationship. You know, this is, God is just, he's amazing. And we have so many plans for TLC. That's just, I'm so stoked right now. But I mean, things for, for building, things for future, things that, you know, we're already seeing things starting to grow. And it's going to continue to do that. Why? Because truth is being told. Word is going out there. If you get a hold of the things I'm teaching you today, it will change your life. In this next month, one of my goals is I'm going to get with Ron and going to get with Ben. And I, I, we got to set up someplace to start giving for people who are like, I started doing what God had told me to do and what pastor was teaching, and this is what happened. This is the testimony. It's changed my life. I want you to see them. I want you to see them on the screen. I already had somebody come and said, I'm supposed to be on the screen. We're going to get all this stuff so that we can, you know this is just not me. This is just not me. This is God doing things. Your life can really start getting exciting because he wants to use you. He wants to show his glory off in you. And people will find Jesus because of you. And again, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about balance. I hope you hear my heart. I'm not talking about just stuff and gathering and hoarding. No, 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 no. I'm talking about letting the kingdom go forward. You can do that. God's got great plans for you. I hope you get excited. I wouldn't miss a week of this, really. Those that are online, I'm going to ask anybody if you bow your head and close your eyes. Today's your day. If you have never heard the kingdom preach like this and you've never given your life fully to God or maybe you gave a portion of it or you're just like I, I, I gotta be all in I I dare you to believe God enough to say I'm gonna try the principles that he's teaching if you've never accepted Jesus or you'd like to those that are online you can raise your hand right where you are just put your hand up in the air I wanna pray for you pray with you he's a good God Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you praise for your message. I thank you, Lord. You are king. You are God. And Lord, we willingly submit to you. We give you the glory for it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. Amen.